veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at notsopeterpriesthood. And you can email us at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! Bye! Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Dusty just told me that she stopped taking her meds for the weekend so that we can record and be unhinged. So (laughs) I'm the same. I'm just less muted. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a good way to put it? I'm I'm more unhinged. I'm more chaotic. (laughs) There's definitely a less subdued (laughs) vibe. (laughs) It's fun being crazy. (laughs) I can say because I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess we can just dive right in. but, yeah. 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 Anything to, to say to the listeners? Happy uh, Valentine's Day. Oh uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day. This is gonna come out on Valentine's Day and I hope that you take some time to love yourself today in whatever way you need to. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> be it you get yourself a little treat, mm-hmm. be it you take yourself out for dinner, you get some takeout, or you have some alone time. <laughs> whatever you need, you love yourself. Fucking right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today we're going to talk about love bombing. Yay! Boom. <laughs> All the love. <laughs> um, yes. This is a term that does not get used as much as gaslighting, but is no. just as dangerous and has the same like connotations, really. Yep. Um. Right off the top, I do want to say um, there. This is kind of a more heavy topic, so it's if it is a trigger for you, like uh, maybe you want to pass this one. So mm-hmm. um, I did go. One of my references was the Hotline.org, and they have a um, the number is one eight hundred seven nine nine safe for if you are in a situation where you are feel like you may be being love bombed or um, manipulated in any way, abused in any way. Um, you can also text start uh, S T A R T to eight, eight, seven, eight, eight. I don't know what the, if there's a Canadian equivalent. I only have the Alberta one, which is one eight, five, five, four help a B. Um, if you are in an abusive relationship. Um, I, it was really kind of shocking to me when I went to this website and it was just like, it had a quick, it, said, it had like a bubble or something that said, here's the X for if you need to like get out of this site quick. Yeah. So it's like, if you're looking at like, I don't know, I thought that was, uh, good, but it was also mm-hmm. just like, kind of like, uh, Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's apps that are, um, created to look like 
other apps to... other apps that you can use and to help you as well i don't i can't remember the names i should know the names of them but what yeah it just... like looks like games yeah like, this looks like, like a like... like tetris game or something but you can open it and tap on it and it will send a message to like your pre-selected person that like you are not in a safe situation and generally there's like a plan in place for those types of situations but they just look you know playing block games on your phone or whatever which is so sad that we have to have something like that in our yeah. society, but unfortunately, people suck. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my references are thehotline.org, psychologytodayhelp.clevelandclinic.org. Um, let's see. So, so signs of the bombing. Um, I guess real quick for some reference on how this even came about. I was just like I was reading a book called Cultish, which is amazing. It's about the language of fanaticism. It talks about um, it's basically like a if you listen to a lot of true crime or like cult um, stuff, if you're very familiar with it, it's basically like this general overview of like cult practices and what makes a cult. And there were some interesting insights that she had as a like a linguistic perspective. Um, but there's um, it really wasn't like, oh, that's something that I didn't know. You know, like it was all mm-hmm. stuff I knew, but it was just like in a different way so like easier to digest than like yeah. dr stephen hassan's books oh, probably yeah, for sure yeah because are and, very whew, i read the cult of trump and it's it's well, a tough read but it's very interesting yeah she talks a, a little bit about trump in that one and then uh but yeah anyway her uh it's by amanda montel but she also has a podcast but i don't know what it's called but um you can look it up listeners but uh <laughs> All right, so signs of love bombing. Um, so she had brought that up in the book, and I was just like, that'd be interesting because we don't talk about this very much because we get yeah. gaslighting gets all the attention. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. it also gets used in a way that doesn't always mean what it should be, you know. It's but, kind of lost its meaning in our conversations because it's so yeah. overused and people use it like to just, they minimize what it is when they use the word a lot of times. So yeah. Yeah. But it is a very um, dangerous and it is a tactic that uh, manipulators will use to abuse and to keep control of you. So it's not. They make you feel like you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday they'll come up with a new term that'll actually that won't get. Gaslighting based on the book. Gaslight. Yeah. Like lying. Yeah, play. or the play. And yeah, he would he would light up the um he had a light and he would kept dimming it by events yeah. and he the wife kept saying like it seems dimmer and he would say you're crazy no you're crazy it's yeah. not dimmer yeah that's yeah. where the term comes from yeah which is kind of cool yeah. Uh, all right. So signs of love bombing. Love bombing is often romanticized in TV and movies. The typical story involves an uninterested character who is being pursued pursued by an eager suitor. The which okay, and I'm thinking of this in like the church context too. Of like, mm-hmm. you got a returned missionary who's very mm-hmm. eager to get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, are we talking about me? Okay, wow. Well, uh, yeah, it's cozy in. <laughs> uh, the pursuer consistently violates the uninterested character's boundaries until they fall in love and decide to be together. Oh, like coming into your store after closing hours and not leaving and like making you feel very uncomfortable until you agree to go out with them? Hmm, that's weird. Okay. Oh, did that happen to you? Maybe. Oh. 
However, this unrealistic depiction of a relationship is actually a story of love bombing and how it can manifest in real life. Uh, so what is love bombing? According to Psychology Today, love bombing is an attempt to influence another person with over-the-top displays of attention and affection. This is perfect for um, Valentine's Day, too. <laughs> I'm so triggered right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So this kind of behavior is a form of emotional abuse, and although it can be experienced during any stage of a relationship, it is often seen in the early stages of getting to know one another. It may seem like your new partner really likes you, but love bombing can often serve as a warning sign of an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to nod along with all yeah. of that. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's right, really so flattering when they're like obsessed with you. And everyone yeah, and then, is like, this is weird. <laughs> it's a predator. Uh, I. I uh, perspective of a predator. Yeah. And um, they it's they very want. predatory. Very predatory. predatory. Yeah. Was... That's okay. Oh. I couldn't say anthropology earlier, so. <laughs> uh, let's see. There are many ways a person can exhibit signs of the bombing, but here, so here's some signs, some common examples. Uh, sign number one is soulmate status. Mm. <laughs> So, and in the church perspective of, like, eternal companions, you're supposed to find your eternal yeah. companion, which also equates to soulmate and this person that God. I went to the temple and prayed about you in the celestial room, and I got an answer. Yeah. And that yep. God has, did, like, somehow had his hand in you guys meeting, and, like, that you, he puts you on this path so that you guys can meet. And yep. this fate idea that you have a soul, one soulmate. Why are you in my brain? I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> also, this, um, let's see, even as, like, so I'm thinking, like, when I was a return missionary, like, it was, like, my, your exit interview from your mission is, Go okay, now your new mission is to get married, and mm -hmm. they fill your brain with that, and then you're, like, you get home, and that's literally, like, You've already been two years of just like, okay, I gotta, gotta do, 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 do. I gotta, and you kind of have a plan. You have mm -hmm. this mindset that like, okay, if I do this and this and this, I can get my soulmate. I can get my eternal companion. I need to start now. The time yeah. the clock is a ticking too. The so clock this, is a ticking for those 18 year olds to be getting out yeah. of high school. Like, let's go, buddy. <laughs> There's this sense of urgency that like you're wasting time. Mm -hmm. And if you reach to 25, which I, I guess this isn't like a real quote that Brigham Young said, but there's when I was a return missionary, that was mm -hmm. still floating around of like, you're a men menace to society if you reach 25 and you're a unmarried man. Mm -hmm. um, so I would push I would, that to like 45, maybe for yeah. like no, 40 for like hetero men. I would say 40. If they're not, they don't have something going on. Look deeper. <laughs> yeah. Like men my age that have never been like in any type of relationship ever. If they're a straight men. <laughs> yeah, gay men, it's a different timeline, entirely different timeline. Plus, um, yeah. gay men sometimes are very toxic to each other. So sometimes it's sometimes, best. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, but no, straight yeah. men that are like my age and single and have always been single. I'm thinking of the one specifically who like called me out on Facebook and we had a conversation about like a uh, year yeah. ago. 
Yeah, he's, he's never been with anybody, and he's very problematic. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, the um, whole thing about gay dating is completely different timeline, but mm-hmm. also, like, we don't, like, we're still coming out of this age of, like, Gen Z, yeah, they're coming out more, like, mm-hmm. earlier, but, like, still coming out of this age of, like, it, where the gay factor had the ick factor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially uh, our age, like, ooh, that's yeah. gay was, like, something we said about gross things when we were kids. So yeah. we're still processing and growing and learning. It's a completely different world for, like, kids that are out now because it's so much different. Like, you've only been out, what, like? A little over a decade? Yeah. 12 so, years So say, like, you started dating at 16, to 26 that's still very young like you know like you're still very in years of dating you are still very young oh yeah in what you're going through and learning so mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're definitely stunted in our like our social um like capacity to find like to find and like dating my idea for, of dating for the longest time was with women mm-hmm. you know so i didn't know how to date men yeah, it's different. It to, really so is. Completely yeah. different thing. Like, even down to the minor, minute detail of, like, who pays for this dinner? Like, who asked yeah. for, you know? Yeah. A lot of times we just would, like, both of us pay separately. You know, you'd go Dutch, but, like, I don't know. It, anyway. it takes away some of the romance, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Sometimes, lately, uh, well, not that I date very much anymore, but, like, when I was, it was, like, Whoever asked should be yeah should pay yeah because yeah. I used to like ask Pat out and be like I'll take you out for dinner and he'd always be like you're not paying for my dinner <laughs> like he was very like manly man about it <laughs> yeah so there was other guys I dated that like yeah we'd split the check or you know whatever all right so soulmate status <laughs> <laughs> we are all over the place today I'm sorry <laughs> it's fine uh we can go on tangents. It's on brand. Uh, <laughs> finding a partner that feels like a perfect fit is gratifying, but it can take time to really get to know your partner. Uh, unlike the two months that the Mormon church like tells you, oh, you've been dating for two months. When are you going to propose? <laughs> First date was in May. Got married in August. Oh, Jesus. I know. Um, well, and my cousin just got engaged. And I remember, um, and she's like, I want to say mid, 20s and I remember people like my family my extended family is like oh when is she gonna get married like that's just like there's this whole conversation about how she's getting old (laughs) I'm just like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) I still wake up in terror that I have children and I'm almost 40 so (laughs) Uh, okay when love bombing occurs often labels such as soulmate their person or their other half are applied early in the relationship while it may feel validating to be considered as an important figure in their lives, it could be a cause for concern if you have not known them very long or if you feel uncomfortable. Even being told I love you within a couple of weeks of starting a relationship can be a red flag. If you <sighs> if you feel unsettled about how fast you're moving, it may be time to speak with your partner. So, like, oh, I had... Oh, cry. <laughs> I get... Sorry. <laughs> it's, so fi- it's fine. This is, this is, like, cathartic. It's good. And I'm crying. Now, I, so. Um... What is it? The I get there was a date that a couple dates that I went on. So gays run really they're hot or cold with this. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're very like they want to get in a relationship mm-hmm. or they just want to fuck. You know, like it's just yeah. 
women like lesbians are the same way they either want to move in this weekend or they're very hands-off and distant and yeah at least the women i and not yeah non-committal so there's um and i i'm kind of in the middle of that because yes i want a relationship but i also know that i don't want to be talking about marriage on my first date i'm sorry and don't get to call me like say things like i've had this happen with me before where like a gay man a man will tell me like um yeah i want to get married and then there's like suddenly it turns into this thing of like what do you and yes it's important to have those conversations but not on the first date Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like a six to eight kind of conversation it's a yeah it's a red flag for me i'm like "Mm, no because they're they're not interested in marrying you you're just just a placeholder in this grand scheme that they have yeah that was my ex-husband too it was just finding someone that would slot in to his plan yeah and that's exactly what they tell you as a returned missionary is that he doesn't like so i think for a while for from what i remember they're like kind of steered away from this idea of like oh i can't remember now they've kind of steered away from this but like it's um I remember it was something about how like two covenant keeping people can get married without knowing people, knowing each other yeah. and make it. If you're keeping your covenants, then you can make it work. That's what we were told in marriage counseling. As long as you're keeping your covenants, any marriage can work out regardless of what problems you're having. And I was like, oh, really? so it can overcome so he, abuse and it, uh, yeah. manipulation. Yeah. And yeah, he'll yeah. just stop he, abusing me. Hmm, magical. Magical. But he's keeping his covenants, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right so sign number two are exaggerated compliments Uh, (laughs) compliments are a great way to show that you're interested in each other it is not unusual to exchange compliments in a relationship especially as you are getting to know one another however if the comments your partner is making seem over the top it could be another sign of love bombing especially if they make you feel uneasy Uh, here are some examples my prayers have been answered now that you are in my life I feel like you were created just for me. I can't imagine finding anyone more perfect than you. My life would be nothing without you. I've never been attracted to blondes until I met you, and now blondes are the best. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's that's grimy. Grimy, right? That is so (laughs) grimy. (laughs) That's like, okay, so maybe this is just fresh on my brain, but there's um, Mame by Jessica George. I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, yeah. But she's this black woman in uh, the UK, and she dates this um, this white guy, and he basically says that you're not my usual type a lot. And, like, um, anyway, and I do think that oh, I'm just like, oh, is that supposed to be a compliment? You know, like, I just. Uh, yeah, that's very. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I also was told all the time that if I dyed my hair dark, I would be so much prettier because dark haired women are stunning. Blondes are cute, but dark haired women are stunning. <laughs> but, oh. you know, at least he was keeping his covenants and we could have made it work, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to call my therapist after this. Um, oh. These types of comments can feel overwhelming, and if you are still getting to know them, it may come across as grandiose. 
A gut check with yourself may be helpful to decide if you are comfortable with these types of statements. If they do not feel right to you, try to address these feelings with your partner. If possible, discuss creating boundaries that work for both of you. <laughs> the thing is, though, okay, church perspective, and this is great. I love that they're saying this, like create boundaries. The mm-hmm. church doesn't let women have boundaries. No. No. They no, don't let no, no. anybody, really. Like, no. um, you're supposed to, if you're a member of the church, you can say and do whatever the fuck you want to another member of the church because you're supposed to trust them implicitly mm-hmm. without. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and your parents and, have taken you to church every single Sunday for your entire life where it's been drilled into your head that the best thing that you could ever do is get married and have children. So it's very confusing when that's presented to you and you, 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 yeah. Everything in your body and your gut is telling you this person's this is, not a good person, but I'm supposed to get married and he is there and he's presenting and the brainwashing. All stuff yeah. and he's telling me that he loves me and that I, we're, the, we're meant to be. And he went to the temple and prayed and knows that I'm supposed to be his eternal companion. Like, it's yeah. so it's so ugly and it's so insidious and it's so dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I hate it so much. I do feel like now the more that we're talking about this, the more I'm realizing that love bombing is actually a heavier tactic. It's a tactic for cults, obviously on a bit grander scale, mm-hmm. but I think it's um, a even more prevalent tactic that for within the church than gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's way more prevalent because. The gaslighting is for big things, like big ticket items, like not getting our own planet. Them saying that's never been the doctrine. That's a gaslighting, and it's not a daily thing. Yeah. Daily thing is your young women's leader coming to you and constantly being like, you are so talented. You are going to be such a good mother. You are going to find the best husband. And meanwhile, you're like, but I like girls. You know, like it's that... It's that day-to-day way more in your face that you're not noticing over time mm. as opposed to gaslighting, which is these big giant things that make you feel like you're going insane. Because you're like, am I remembering that? Maybe I'm not remembering that right. Yeah. Well, that's good. <sighs> so you bring up – I don't know if you want to get into this, but you did talk, mm. we did talk about this offline about how being a bisexual woman growing – and bisexual girl growing up in the church, having these feelings about – both men and women mm-hmm. and we could probably do a whole i want to i want to dive into this a little more like in the future probably for yep. pride month but um absolutely because yeah. i think bisexuality gets like erased like it just gets like, yeah overworked. so um and like I, i've never felt, of, i've always said that i'm just like you know a hetero woman because it's such a it's such an confusing spot to be in because i am married to a man i am in love with a man and so you kind of just are like well that's just what i am right now it was until I met you and felt more comfortable about like embracing those pieces of myself, being like, "This actually is who I am." Mm-hmm. So, you know. I love that. Oh, I got chills. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm glad that you can like you, and I've noticed that you've been more open about it, and you've been. Yeah. Um, but I did. I liked that you brought up that um, it is hard for a bisexual person in the church to even explore those pieces because okay i'm just going to explore i'm just going to go with the one that's accepted yeah yeah no i have these feelings but i and i can't but i can't ever be open about that and it's different for like as far as like for for a while i i told myself i was bisexual but then like no but the um and i i've been heard i've been told i read somewhere was like uh the bisexuality is like a yellow light where a 
and gays being gay is the green light. Like, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like, it's like, yeah, a, yeah. um, it's just a stopping point. Is what I've heard that. Yeah. That if you're allowed to embrace, you may actually be homosexual mm-hmm. rather than, but if you but are stopped really, at a certain point, but it does, I don't, I don't know because no, what I'm saying is that it's not, um, it can it's not a yellow light for everybody like there's mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. some people that is like the way that they just are they like bisexuality exists like and it's not a, a that's what it, it's in this book oh, oh I, probably, I probably just ruined something for you but it's fine oh, that's fine <laughs> i'll forget about it like <laughs> but that'll it'll ring your bell for you when you hear the yellow light thing it'll ring the doorbell the, for me oh <laughs> That's not my job. That's Pat's, but you know, because <laughs> jobs <you> take seriously. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, did not that think that that callback would come up again, but so soon. But here it is. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So exaggerated compliments. Okay. Yeah. So sign number three are gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving presents is a thoughtful way to show you care. Uh, Valentine's Day, little roses. Okay, so I remember high school Valentine's Day being the worst because like the office, the office would be filled with like roses and mm-hmm. and you could see, you could just see. As a, I never did I. I did it once. I gave roses roses to one girl. Um. And it was more just like, I don't know. You what go, I, Glenn Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna... And none for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, uh, but you can see the faces of these girls that don't get the flowers. It's just such a, I don't know. It's such a. When I was in grade nine, it was Valentine's Day. And everybody down there stupid little exchanges. And it was just Anyways, and you you've seen pictures of me in grade nine. It was a uh, I was on the struggle bus. <laughs> oh god! And yeah, it's fine. <laughs> the secretary came to our classroom and she like knocked on the door and she's like, "I have a delivery." And our teacher was like, "Yeah, okay." And she came over and she brought like roses, and they said, "Too dusty from your secret admirer." And it was in like a guy's handwriting, like you could tell, grade nine boys, right? Yeah. And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "They came out from Cardston." And I was like, because I lived in that small town yeah. outside of oh, person. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I felt so good about myself until like walking down the hallway holding my little roses. And like the boys were like, her dad probably sent them to her because she's so ugly. Nobody likes her. <gasps> oh. <laughs> like damaged me for life. Yeah. <laughs> but I went home and I was so upset. I was just going to throw them in the garbage because I was so upset. And I asked my dad, and he's like, why would I send you flowers on Valentine's Day? I don't even send them to your mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept that in, like, the hopes that, like, someday my secret admirer would, like, reveal themselves. It never happened. It never happened? Never happened. I think I know who it was. Like, I was friends with a lot of guys in town, just Mm. from, like, anyways. And I think they got together and did it, like, as a... Oh. for me but oh. but then when I turned 16 my dad had like a dozen roses sent to the high school and he wrote from your dad admirer <laughs> oh so cute anyway <laughs> yeah they're probably from her dad because she's so ugly and nobody Ugh. likes her I mean I was but 
but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> it's just really gangly and awkward, okay? It happens. Nobody's good looking in freshman year. If they were, then they're the ones that peaked in high school. Right? Thank you. I. <laughs> Everybody's ugly <laughs> duckling. Hold me. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was, yeah, those were blessed years for me, too. I was like, oh, oh, oh honey. Sometimes I see pictures and I'm like, God damn it. That's <laughs> It's okay. We got the glow up going. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So gifts. Um, giving presents is a thoughtful way. Um, exchanging gifts can also strengthen your connection. However, Receiving presents can could be a tactic used to um, manipulate the relationship later. Mm. Here are some examples of these gifts. Paying for every single date, even if you want to. Mm. Financing living expenses, such as mortgage or car payments. Uh, international airline tickets or hotel stays. High-end designer clothing and jewelry. Mm-hmm. If gifts are later associated with stipulations, such as, I paid your mortgage this month, so don't speak to me like that. Or, I bought you drinks, so you owe me a dance uh they could be an additional sign of love bombing Mm -hmm. if you feel uncomfortable about the gifts you receive it could be a good idea to have a conversation with your partner about your concerns i also think of like men buy women a drink at the bar and they think that they're owed like a kiss or like owed to go home dance or go you know Mm -hmm. i went on a couple dates with this guy and he took me out for dim sum one time and paid and then we were like heading back and he like missed the turn to my apartment and I was like oh I live and he's like no you're coming to my place and I was like excuse me he's like well I paid for dinner and I was like here's $25 take me home I'm done like yeah and I like got out of his car and like walked down the street I was like no thank Good you. For you thank you <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'm worth $25. Okay, that's, we're good. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Charge a hell of a lot more. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this doorbell costs at least $100. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You don't even get to ring the doorbell. You have to knock at the back door. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would think that that would be extra. That would be extra, actually, yeah. Call <laughs> of a lot more extra. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That went weird. Anyways. All right. So, sign number four. <laughs> Uh, communication overload. When you first establish your relationship, you may speak to your partner more frequently because you are learning about each other and your desires for your relationship. Good communication is required to have a solid and healthy relationship, but you should not be feeling overwhelmed by the amount of communication you're receiving. This could be an excellent time to talk about how you feel and find a way to communicate with each other that works for both of you. I'm thinking of... He would call me at high school. Like, I would get called to the office for a phone call on, like, the call phone, and I would pick it up, and it would be him. He's like, I'm just seeing how your day is going. And I'd be like, I'm in class, dude. Like, oh. Jake, where is this book, like, 25 years ago? <laughs> no kidding. Uh, um, so this is, uh, yeah, and, well, we didn't talk about love bombing back then no, at all. No. Like that's, I feel like it's a pretty relatively new term. Oh, I'm, so, I, I'm like unsettled. Oh. <laughs> um, 
and I also think of like there is the excitement factor like when you first meet somebody and you're like talking to them and you just like um you start now it's like oh you're dating like you meet on an app Mm -hmm. and then you go to another app and then you Mm -hmm. go to another you know it's kind of like this progression of like what are you saying oh (laughs) start on instagram and then you start on marco polo (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole other thing but like for dating (laughs) but like say you meet on tinder and then they're like oh do you have snapchat and you're like yes i have snapchat and then you go to snapchat and you just talk and talk 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 and then you go to and then they're like oh might as well just be texting. So then you just mm-hmm. start texting and you're just texting, text, 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 text. And it's, um, you become like kind of obsessed with each other really yeah. quickly because it's yeah. like constant, like, and I think there's like this, um, there's probably like a cognitive, like serotonin thing. Like you're just like, you're getting that attention mm-hmm. and there's this like, Oh, this excitement of somebody that actually, that finds me attractive and that we're like bantering and there's like, yeah. where there's a connection. And then it just kind of, for me lately, it's just been like, well, when I when I have been delving into the dating, um, it's just like it gets to that point and then it just kind of fizzles. Like once you start talking about like actually meeting up with somebody, they're just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, how, that's how Pat like realized that he was into me is because like his phone would go off and he would be disappointed when it was his girlfriend and not me like saying something funny. And he oh. was like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it's just her. But, like, I would, like, send him stuff, and he would be, like, oh, and get, like, and we didn't talk a ton, like, but we did talk a lot, because he was out of town all the time, and I'd, like, just send him, like, funny things, and he'd, like, send me funny pictures and stuff, and on Blackberry Messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Um, The old... (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, but to your point, like, these people that use love bombing, not like even subconsciously, it's like they're, but I think this is a predatory just, thing like, enough that they, very much, yeah, they want where, to stay in your brain. They want, And to, they need to know where you are. And so that communication gives them those pinpoints. It's like, where are you? What are you doing? Who's with you? And it's very manipulative and controlling when it seems like they're just so obsessed with you. They just have to talk to you 75 times today. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, oh, my goodness, they're just like so obsessed with me when really it's like, no, they just need to make sure that you're where you say you are. And they're mm-hmm. it's control. Yeah. yeah. Like, what time are you out of school? I'll come pick you up. Like, oh, oh I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I need a shower after this episode. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So sign number five is they can't take no for an answer. Yeah. Uh, no means no in every circumstances. Circumstance, period, full stop. Yep. No is a full sentence. <laughs> no is a full sentence. Uh, but if do you not love... chase her to Utah and propose to her outside the Provo Temple. Don't Ugh. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, if you tell a love bomber you're not okay with their behavior or try to set up healthy boundaries, they're likely to become argumentative, question your line of thinking, and maybe push you into believing you're wrong for saying no in the first place. Yeah. Uh, this is a doctor. I didn't get their name. Dr. Tiani. Okay. They say if it feels like a boundary or many boundaries have been crossed, that's a sign that your voice isn't being heard and your opinion doesn't matter in the relationship. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, no, no means no. And if they're not respecting your boundaries and they're saying, and they're just pushing, 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 then that's a huge red flag. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it also bodes doesn't bode well for like further down the line in the relationship yeah. like like breaking up i broke up with him and he just didn't take it as he just would not accept that we were broken up like he just oh it just it, i i would always be like did i not end this relationship like is this not this is not a thing and i just like uh, poor little baby dusty oh uh sign number six they prefer you alone yep because you're easier to control when there's nobody looking at you saying, are you okay with us? Yeah. Uh, by isolate, isolating you from your family and friends, a person who love bombs amplifies their control over you and the activities you participate in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this can be very obvious, like if they refuse to allow you to do certain activities, go to certain locations, or spend time with other people without having them present. Other times their imposed isolation is more subtle, like if they get moody, angsty, or sad whenever you try to do something without them. Either way, if your partner tries to coerce you into doing something you're not comfortable with or they make you feel unsafe, this is a sign of emotional abuse. So, um, my brother-in-law <laughs> is very... Yeah. Uh, he does this. And um, I can remember uh, my sister had just had her, I think, third kid? Me? Anyway, she had she'd had kids, like the babies. They were little, mm-hmm. little at the time. And she and I went out for lunch without the kids, left the kids with my brother-in-law, and he would call every 10 minutes, like almost to the, and she had to pick up, she had to mm-hmm. answer, and he gets, he would get mad if, and then he had, he had to know that was the communication thing. He would, mm-hmm. and he also had to, you'd get moody if she did stuff without him. Mm-hmm. So, but he could yeah. do whatever he wanted, you know. Like that's he can do whatever the fuck he wants, but if, and she, if she started asking him questions, he would get pissed off at her. Oh, for sure, but, yeah. But if it's the other way around, yeah, she, he gets mad at her for not answering, or you know, if she didn't pick up right away on the phone. Still, it's still to this day they've been married for almost damn near twenty years, and they've it's still that way. It's so. still that way. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. Um, I was supposed to go to a. Like, um, I can't think of words. I had an opportunity with a record label to cut like a demo, but because I was going to have to leave him for the weekend, um, caused like a huge, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Because I, I, he couldn't keep tabs on me because this was before cell phones, right? Like cell phones Mm -hmm. were brand new basically. And, uh, yeah, it was like this huge big thing that I was going to have to go out of the town without him and he wasn't going to know where I was at all. Yeah, it's, no, that's... it's infuriating. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, and it's a violation, and it's a um, because why would I want to be? Why would I want to be a singer and on the road if I'm supposed to be a mom? I'm supposed to be his wife. I'm supposed to be putting him through university and taking care of our baby. So why would I want a career in music? You know, and it's just yeah. like I love you more than you'll never make it. You're never gonna make it. Like you'll never be on the radio. You're never gonna, you know, just that I love you more than anybody would ever. Oh wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he um clearly well, it sounds like he had a plan for obviously and if you didn't fit that if you didn't uh go with that plan then that was Yeah, and I was so vulnerable when we started dating. Like I had just dated well, you were a like kid. I, yeah, I was a child. I was not even 18 when we started dating. But I had just dated somebody that was like, 
my first real love like somebody that was like so perfect for me who I'm still really good friends with like but just Mm -hmm. you know high school drama um and we had broken up and so I was very vulnerable because this person that was so perfect for me couldn't be with me and so it was this overwhelming like but I love you God told me in the temple that I'm supposed to marry you we're supposed to and so it was a very like I was ripe for the picking (laughs) that's for sure at that point in my life, you know? Yeah. So, and I've, I've talked, I talked about this in this episode, um, the cultish book, does that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all blended together. Um, she <laughs> kind of, she talks about, um, how, okay. So we have this idea that, um, like people that are predatory or cults, uh, like to, and we've talked about this before where they kind of target vulnerable people. Yeah. They look for people that have just moved, people that have just lost a family member, people that have just had they, a baby. They do, but there's also this aspect that she brings up that they also, like, for the most part, they actually look for people that are smart and intelligent, and but they're going through a hard time. So yeah. they see this, like, intelligence about you, and so they, and they play off of that, but then they also play off your vulnerabilities. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's more than just, like, um, taking somebody that just like, oh, they're vulnerable. I'm going to take them. But like a cult will take somebody that's like, oh, they're smart. They can spread the word about us. Yeah. And um, I think that pre- that's a predatory thing too, is that like your ex saw that you were a smart person and he yeah. saw, he saw that in you, but he was not, and that you were um, capable of being somebody, but he knew that uh, being his wife, but mm-hmm. then he, and as a child too, but <laughs> yeah. like, um, then he's like, what am I trying to say? But then he, um, he saw that you were also vulnerable. And so mm-hmm. he's, and those, it just kills me that this happens because it's like, it's these, it's usually the most white bread, like <laughs> basic plain ass bitches with nothing to offer, with nothing, with to nothing offer. exciting about them. Yeah. It is like, they're like, Oh, I'm a returned missionary. And so that makes me like better God's gift to women. So of course I'm going to have, but that's the messaging we're given as a yeah, returned missionary. Absolutely. You are, yeah. You're, um, it, who you wouldn't want to be with you? Yeah, yeah. There's something wrong with her. If she doesn't want to go to the temple with you right now and be sealed to you, there is something wrong with her. She's obviously been sleeping around. Yeah. Cause that's where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm proud of it. <laughs> I don't know if any of that made sense, but I was, just, no, I think it does. Just, yeah. I'm trying to make a correlation, but I don't know if it actually, anyway, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it'll <laughs> stick later, but we'll see. Um, anyway, so, those are the signs. Um, love bombing also occurs in phases. Uh, the ideal, first phase is the idealization phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this phase, your partner bombards you with excessive love and affection to draw you in and convince you to let your guard down. At first, it may seem too good to be true or, too, or easy to be swept off your feet. I think the missionaries are very good at that. They come in with this cr- incredible message of hope. Mm-hmm. And it's it's. And it always seems like it's like at the perfect time because they're they're targeting people who are going through it. Yeah. It's very intentional. Oh yeah. I was specifically told on my mission by my mission president that we need to be seeking out people that have been through life changes, like moving, uh yeah. death in the family, just got married, just had a baby, those kind of things. And um or 
uh, even like just had a cancer diagnosis. Like yep. I remember knocking, I think I told this story before, but I remember attracting into this woman that her, we were talking about, um, she's like, well, what did God, what does God have to do with my mom's cancer diagnosis? And it, I, I remember distinctly getting this feeling of like excitement, like, Oh, we can help <sighs> you. And just feeling like we can help you, you know, like that. Yeah. And, and she's, and she slammed the door in our face, which I'm glad she did now. Looking yeah. back, But like the fact that I had excitement over that instead of being like empathetic and being like, Oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. And like, how can mm-hmm. we help you? Like, what can we, regardless of the church, like keep that out of it. But like, how do you can need help? We as humans be yeah. empathetic and helpful. Can we to you? like mow your lawn for you? Can we yeah. do something for you? Bring, go get groceries for you. Like do something for you that would help you like take something off your plate because you, you're trying to focus on your mom. Yeah. Instead of like, oh. That excitement of like, we got one. Yeah. 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 It's so, and that's the idealization phase of like the love bomb. Like the more I've looked at this, I'm like, oh, that's like, they teach the missionaries to love bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then that translates to when they come home and they find they're t- looking for women to yep be their soulmate quote unquote and to, and they they think that they can we're told also to use the same tactics that you learned on your mission on the women that you want to date yep i was I've prayed and i'm testifying to you that the holy ghost yep 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 i was also told like to treat Ooh. it like discussions so your first date is a first discussion and, and you, with the end date being your baptism date your wedding date and you're yeah. already talking about it on that yep. first you're topic. using the we need to talk about the what is the called the oh, commitment oh the commitment something oh god there was something that I had learned in my mission that was called the commitment process or something. I'm missing a word there where they're trying to commit. You're trying to commit that get them to commit to baptism Mm -hmm. right up before they even know anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's supposed to be after you've had the spiritual conversation about Joseph Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But, I can only remember one distinct conversation where I was giving the first discussion to someone, but I, I grew to really care for this woman. She was like Stacy. I think it's her name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Probably shouldn't even be, but um, <laughs> she was like interesting. Uh, obviously very much should have seen that I was gay with this because she was a stripper. And, oh, okay. Uh, but she had, she had injured her hand and so she couldn't work anymore for a oh. while. So she was in a, like, cause she had like a, a wrist bandage. Like a thing, brace or whatever. Brace yeah. thing that she, and she couldn't like do her whatever. Yep. <laughs> so It is a and, physically demanding job. Yeah, but it's like, her. Those women that's are. livelihood. Oh yeah. Oh my God. They're I took one they, strip class for fun. <laughs> The stripper pole, yeah, they do they do exercise classes with that now. Like there's like stuff with, and that takes so much control and you like use so many core muscles that you don't engage in other ways that are like. Yeah. <laughs> but this woman, like she, so we had start we had started talking about to her mom first, <laughs> and then we ended up accidentally starting to talk to her more, and she was just like, she was just like 
we just bullshit with her, like just talking. And I, I feel like I became like better friends with her than anything. Like it was just like she'd she'd see us and she'd be like, hey, you know, and we just talk yeah. about everything. And I just, but she and I had like a connection. And then I remember like I gave her the first discussion, and it was really like, quote, eh, you know, I just remember spiritual. being very spiritual, but like, <laughs> um, like we were all crying. I don't know anyway, but the. I think what it really was was just like she needed that like she needed something to hold on to because she was yeah. in such a bad place. And um we were just kind of we were these two guys that kept showing up at her door and like talking to her and she was um anyway. I'm telling her that she was special and she was a child of God and that yeah, yeah that's going to feel good. If you're in like a bad spot, if you're like off work and you're like worried about your livelihood, like yeah. Yeah, you want to be told that you're special and that, you know, things are going to work out. (laughs) I think about her often, though. That was like it was, I don't know, in different circumstances, there were people that I met on my mission that I probably would have been really good friends with in like a different world, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, All right. So the devaluation phase is after the idealization phase. Uh, Once you've let your guard down and get comfortable in the relationship, red flags start to appear. Your partner may Mm -hmm. try to exert control over you in a variety of ways. They may become more demanding of your time and get upset when you make plans without them. They may try to also try to limit access to your friends and family and gaslight you into thinking nothing is wrong with their behavior. In the most severe cases, they may use fear and intimidation. And intimidation to get you to behave differently than you normally would and even resort to physical violence. Oh yeah, this is all sounding very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well see, and I, I'm thinking of my ex too, like with a um because like it was started out like so quick. Like we mm-hmm. were just um and we were talking on an app and then um it was supposed to be just like a hookup, but then he mm-hmm. was going to Louisiana for some reason to pick up his truck anyway the whole other story but and we were just talking the whole time talk about communication constant communication mm-hmm. overload like for like a week just like this constant back and forth and like uh, and then uh once we met and like it was just really like um like very like passionate at first and very mm-hmm. fun you know and that's the idealization phase and everything's great and you're just like both feeling this great thing and then like then the <laughs> red flags started to appear <laughs> yeah. of like, where are you? What are you doing? What's mm-hmm. going on? What's, what's the plan tonight? What's the plan this weekend? What are we doing? Like, I'm like, I don't know, you know, like, and then, yeah. like, and then being at the gym and I can't look at like feeling like I can't just like look at other people. Like we would be at the, um, we went to the gym together yeah. Time and he saw me texting and I was literally texting him. Oh, <laughs> but you were on your phone and But I was oh, on oh, his oh. on my phone and he after the words asked me who were you texting? And I was like you, you fucker. Like, like uh, did you not thing right hear. after, you know? <laughs> oh my Ugh. god. Oh my god. Ah! I think our exes could be friends. Yeah, probably. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> They'd kill each other. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Yeah, that's I'd, I'd watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, the discard phase. When you confront them about their harmful behavior or try to reset healthy boundaries, your partner may avoid accountability by refusing to cooperate and compromise or by yep. abandoning the relationship. 
This can leave you feeling confused, disoriented, or like you somehow failed to fix things. Dusty's cheating on me. She's sleeping around with everybody she works with. She's, yeah, she's um, breaking all of her covenants. She's out drinking every night. She's doing drugs. <laughs> oh, see, I and was you... cold. No, I just was like, yep, yeah, I was. Yeah, absolutely. Get me the fuck out of this marriage. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like... Hey, believe what you want to believe. Like, get yeah. me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Like, are yeah. you are you having an affair? Yes. Yes, I am. But um, who filed for divorce? Was that me? The drug addict who was sleeping around with all of her coworkers? Is that who filed for divorce? That's interesting. <laughs> oh, see, and I was told that uh, the whole city of Denver, that I was going to go fuck them all. That's all I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Just all I wanted was to just have sex with dirty, disgusting drug addicts. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. They could be friends. Because I was. Could like, be friends. <laughs> I remember him just being like, You just want. you." We were supposed to be a hookup and we ended up dating, but like, we were just supposed to be a hookup. That's all, all you want was just to hook up with all of Denver and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh. and I was sleeping with all my coworkers, the men and the women. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, I wasn't at the time, but after our divorce, I definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Yeah>, fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't um, let shame on this podcast. <laughs> no, sex positive here. Um, all right, so we can get now. We're going to talk about how to heal from being love bombed. So it's, it's can, all that. Bad oh, shit we can talk about. Like, we're okay, gonna I won't have to call my therapist after. Okay. Well, you might <laughs> still. I can't say. Also, I should probably, like, uh, <laughs> we should have said this at the top, but we are not, um, we are not trained. We are not oh, no. licensed. We are, this is all just us talking, and this is all we from, know like, fucking yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just gotta, I'm about to finish my BA in psychology, and I'm realizing I know jack shit. The more like, you learn, the more you know you don't know shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, can a relationship survive when you've been love bombed? The answer is that it's largely up to the individual who's doing the love bombing. Uh, it can be helpful to take a minute and create some space from the person who's love bombing you to examine how you're feeling and how you want to approach the situation, advises Dr. Tiani. In some cases, you may want to revisit the conversation about your healthy boundaries, define what behavior is acceptable, and see if there's an opportunity for your partner to learn and adapt. So, you know, communication, having boundaries, but I think by the time you they start, they don't this respond. Conversation, and they're not going to. Yeah. 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 Like, I remember I came home from work and my house had been trashed. He'd taken everything out of the house and, like, broken dishes, smashed things. Like, I never got my deposit back from that place. Um, I, he left the mattress because my parents had bought our mattress, but like took our bed. Um, and I remember sleeping and I had like locked the door and I was sleeping and I, he used his key to come in and try and like get into bed with me in the middle of the night, like no boundaries whatsoever. And it was like, I, we were through going through divorce proceedings and he still felt he had that right to my body because I was still technically his wife. Like I, holy shit. Yeah, I started sleeping with, like, a knife under my pillow because I was so terrified that he was yeah. going to attack me in the middle of the night again. Like, Oh, damn. Yeah, they don't understand boundaries. They don't. No, they, they don't. don't. They, they really don't. don't. 
and I had to when I broke up with my ex, I had to like completely shut off all. I had to shut off my cell phone because he was calling me every minute, like yeah. every minute. And then I, um, he was creating accounts to like stalk me and oh, stuff. Yeah. And then he was actually physically stalking me later. But you know, like the initial thing was that he wanted to like keep that control and like yeah. to communicate. And so I had to shut off the communication. Luckily, he never came to my house to or anything to oh thank god yeah do anything he knew where i lived so it's but anyway um yeah i moved as quickly as i could and i was actually sleeping on my friend dave's couch for like a few weeks because i was so terrified to be in that house by myself like shout out dave thanks buddy (laughs) 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 all right so Let's see. But if you try to have that conversation about uh, boundaries um, and their behavior continues to get worse, you'll want to consider how to end the relationship safely. Uh, It's important to recognize that it's not likely you're going to be able to change their behavior and make them treat you in the way you want to be treated. You might feel embarrassed that you fell for this person, but it's important to remember that it's not your fault. Say that part again. It's okay. You are not to blame. Don't be embarrassed. You uh, were a victim in the situation. Yeah. And regardless of all the jokes that you're the butt end of that your family tells, fuck yeah. them. It's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even so, like just recently, my sister saying, I brought up my ex and she was like, isn't he, what doesn't he, wasn't he abusive? And I was like, uh, you don't have to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'm always, like, there's always, like, the joke of, like, oh, yeah, like, so-and-so won so much money because you were divorced by. And I'm, like, it's not funny. It's not funny to make my abusive history the butt end of your jokes. But thanks anyways. Like, I've gotten in big fights with family members because of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't there with you and your sister because you and her would probably not be talking right now because I'd have been, like, listen here. (laughs) <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. We don't victim yeah. shame or blame. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see, so she's uh, instead of blaming yourself, seek support from family and friends if they're supportive during that time. Um, find someone. There's so many people that will support you, especially in today's world. Like, you just type on Facebook like yeah. support group for, and you will find people that will help you. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, seeing a therapist can also be helpful to untangle the confusing web left behind by the act of love bombing as you're likely to experience a flood of emotions that include depression, anxiety, anger, sadness, confusion, mourning, and loss. Um, it doesn't matter what the relationship was like, if it was, especially if it was that coming out of something so controlling and so manipulative and so, um, heavy is... It's, you're also going through the, like these stages of grief because mm-hmm. you're just like you lost something that you thought was important, you thought that was um, meant meant something when mm-hmm. you were bamboozled, basically. Like yeah, you were, and you can grieve a life that you thought you were going to have. Like that's a completely fair thing to grieve. It doesn't take a death or a major yeah. loss. Just the fact that the life that you thought you were going to have is no longer available to you is a completely valid thing to have grief about. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, I still have like moments. Well, for for the longest time, I had to paint my ex as such as like terrible person. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. but then I have to think like there was a 
there was something I saw in him that like attracted me, but then there's like this, then you get into that whole thing of like, do I trust myself? You know, but then yeah. that's where the therapy can come That's in. where the therapy comes in. Cause you need to forgive yourself and you need to work on what was it about where I was in my life that caused me to be able to be caught up in the situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, it took many years of therapy for them to drill into my brain. You were a child. You had just broken up with, like, your first real love boyfriend, like, somebody that you just, like, cared so deeply about and had those emotions about. So, yeah, you you have to you have to forgive yourself because you weren't necessarily in the greatest place to be making those decisions. Right. Uh, she says, Dr. Tiani says, a therapist can help validate what happened, how you're feeling about it, and help you navigate your emotions distress you're experiencing, and if you need it, advice on how to end the relationship. Uh, more importantly, if you ever feel unsafe or you're experiencing physical violence or abuse, you can talk to your doctor about what's happening or contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which we've given, but it's 1-800-799-SAFE-7233. Um, while love bombing is confusing and controversial, it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. In many cases, long after you've moved on from the relationship, it can be difficult to trust other. This is what I'm <laughs> experiencing. Uh, it can be yeah. difficult to trust other potential partners and trust your own feelings when it comes to dating. Yeah. But there's life after love bombing, and it starts with being open and honest with yourself about your experiences and setting healthy boundaries with new partners right from the beginning. Yeah, I feel like you and I are like the polar opposites of how we went about that. Like you are very cautious and you're very taking care of yourself of like this is what I and I was like the polar opposite of like fuck you I'm gonna leave you before you have a chance to hurt me like you know and there's such a and I think that there's such a spectrum of how people react to those situations and all of them are normal because we're all different you know yeah I was I'm cautious now but like I cut it off as soon as I started seeing so um and I'm glad that I was able to see the signs before mm-hmm. it became in because it could have it could have been a bad bad situation oh, yeah um but I did I at least had enough um trust in my gut and my boundaries to know that that's not what I deserve so I'm so proud of you that's such a huge thing to be able to be like no I know better this yeah. is not what I should be having in my life like that's incredible uh so to finish with it uh in any relationship having check-ins along the way and being open about where you are you and your partner are at with things is always a good idea so that's Mm -hmm. it's really just checking in with each other and um if you're starting to if you see signs of love bombing which is i so i think we get kind of maybe and i kept thinking about this with my ex is like is it because I grew up in the church and had this idea that like trusting implicitly, you know, and like just trusting mm-hmm. people. Cause I, I went to like, I got in some weird situations in like San Diego in oh, like, yeah. different places because I just, <laughs> you have this idea in your head as a member of the everybody's church. Everybody's a good person. Everybody's good. And, you know, they all, I'll have my interests at heart, my best yeah. interests at heart. Yeah. And there's this like this naivety, this innocence about mm-hmm. you. And I remember being told that a lot when I was in San Diego because I was was like, you're like, you, they seem you seem so innocent. And I'm like, I, but then in my brain, I'm just like, but I'm doing things that the church wouldn't say I was would say that they would say the exact same exact opposite that I'm yeah. like, 
you know, so it was really like hard to it's a mind get fuck, yeah. to like correlate. Yeah. So like, yeah. um, yeah. Anyway, so then, yeah. And then you just, what am I trying to say? And then you, anyway, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I would find myself like, oh, I'm falling in love with so-and-so and then immediately like fucking up that relationship because. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's why yeah. I would, like, I would find myself like falling in love really quickly Mm -hmm. because I just like because we are conditioned to have that idea that like love should be quick and that it should and that if if they are giving us all these compliments and all this attention then that's a good thing yeah and we're not told we're not taught that that's a red flag (laughs) yeah not always like there you know there is a thing of like you know people when you know a quick romance of just like um that can actually be good you know yeah fling a fling on the on a cruise ship or something you know a fling in italy or fling in you know whatever but that's a whole different thing Uh it is is. and we're very fun and i highly suggest before you get into a relationship to have at least one fling (laughs) because they're so fun (laughs) as long as you're both consenting adults and understand what is it is what it is yes nobody gets crazy